Our children are without a doubt our biggest blessings. But with their giggles and smiles also comes a hefty bill. Today, we're going to talk to Mayra Rocha, a financial expert and mommy who will share some tips on what we should be thinking about when it comes to financial planning for our children. Because come on, ladies, the truth is kids are expensive AF. (laughs) We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay, because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. So, hello, hello. Hello, welcome to Motherish. Yep. This is a very important episode, and I'm surprised we haven't done it before because yeah. it's one of those things that we always talk about. Man, kids are expensive. They're so expensive. And, you know, we wanted to kind of provide a platform so that people could kind of gather ideas and really just pretty much just put it out there so you could think about it, right? Because I think sometimes you go on, you get caught up with the day to day so much that you never stop to think about, okay, am I making the right financial decisions? Should I be thinking? What should I be thinking about to begin yeah. with? I feel very strongly about the topic of financial literacy in general because. Actually, in my work, whenever I do work specifically with the Hispanic community, I am reminded of how much, you know, especially first generation, second generation Hispanics, like this isn't a topic that's discussed at home. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of formal. Yeah, no se habla edu- de dinero. Like we don't talk about money. And, it's and, like, and if you do, the only thing that you are told is save. Save, save, save. There's not a lot of discussion around investment. There's not a lot of discussion around managing expenses. You just have to save, 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 save. Or actually, um, how to save? Because some people are like, listen, I would love to save, but I'm living page, you know, right. check by yeah. check. And so I, I, this is a, a great topic and I'm super excited about it because I think we have a lot to learn, especially like there's all these other topics like, for example, planning for your children's future, which like I signed up like the Florida prepaid college thing for Victoria, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. I just did it because I was like, this seems like the right thing to do. I'll tell you, know? you what I did and we'll talk about it. And maybe Maida could also give us some yeah. advice on but what first, the best thing. But first, a motherish moments. moment. So my motherish moment has to do with my child embarrassing me. Oh, nice. So it's so sweet because, uh, you know, we were, <laughs> yeah, like, no, we were, I don't know where we were, but like we were in a restaurant and one of the ladies was like, oh my God, is that Ford? Oh my God, Ford, he's so big. You know, they recognized him from TV or from social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was very sweet. And Ford is actually so charming in person. Mm-hmm. Like he's like sweet yeah, and he's yeah. bubbly. And, but then some days, you know, he's in a bad mood and he'll be like, so this one time we were at a restaurant and the waitress comes up and he's like, oh, Ford, you know, I've been watching you since you were a baby and you're so big and da da da. And he was so rude. He was like, no. And I'm like, but no one, she's not telling you anything. Like, you know, and like she would try to engage with him and he just like wouldn't and she like, he grabbed something and threw it at her. It was just like, I felt embarrassed, right? Like he's so too young to kind of like know that you don't do that. Yeah. Do you know this? Is this a friend of yours? No, this is like a random person, right? But I feel like I want to tell him like, you can't be like that. Like you need to be nice all the time. But then on top of that, someone's being sweet to you. Like, you know, I'm in that weird window where like, I don't want to reprimand him. Obviously, le llamé la atención, like... I told him that you don't do that. Like, come on, Ford, you know, say hi, whatever. And then he kind of like calmed down, but he still like had an attitude. He had like an attitude. He was like, like, you know, he was like an old man. Like, I, I don't, sometimes he was, I, like, was like nauseous, like celebrities are just rude. Like they're tired and they're like, who are you? Like, usually. I tend to believe that up to a certain age, children can probably feel vibes that we 
already have don't know how to read anymore. I know. You know, someone's and, like, oh, they feel. I'm like, no, he was just being rude. No, like, I, I don't know. Maybe that lady. The had a lady weird was vibe. super sweet. Yes, um, sure. De aquí para adelante, but I don't know. Like, yeah, but anyway, but it just shows you like he seems like a very sweet. Oh, like he's so funny in, on Instagram, but reality but is, but they're like, human. I know. That's so what the people forget. I just wanted to they're publicly apologize human. for anyone that he. No, you don't need to apologize. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, but I remember like my mom, you know, when you're that age and you get like the stare from your mom, like he's oh, yeah, still yeah, not yeah. at that age where he gets like, this is the crazy look. Yeah, Learn yeah, it, yeah. memorize yeah. it, be intimidated by it. Do not do anything, you know? I know. I want him to get to that age. Because even my mom nowadays, she'll give me the look and I, I always talk about this. Uh, and I'll still get scared. I don't have a look with my mom. But I want to have a look with Ford. I know, they work. I know, I know you they really work. want I want to give really him the this. crazy look and that's all I need to do and he'll know. That okay. was my motherish moment. Totally. All right. Well, uh, so my motherish moment is around trying to keep up with the ridiculous bar that I established with Victoria's lunch. I posted quite a bit about this, like all of her lunch boxes every day, whatever. And like I went into it thinking from the perspective of like Victoria is so used to being at home where I cook lunch every day and I just like... By the way, I have screenshot your mm. lunches. Yeah. I have like 10 of them. I did a highlight on my Instagram. I, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but I have them screened. They've taken up a lot of memory on my phone. I was going to bring you one I today. have yet to in- try. I'm like, okay, this is a good idea. Let me try the yogurt with the sprinkles. I think Yeah, that's a very easy... That, I know. I so, still have yet to try anything from the lunches. People are like, oh my God, but you put sprinkles on her yogurt. That's like... I'm like, that is the easiest I thing know, to do. Actually, that's like, the only one on my list. I'm like, I'm going to do this this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a nice little you know an extra whatever I need to stop saving your screenshot the point is that like I did it because Victoria she's never eats sandwiches like I've tried a million times to give her sandwiches she doesn't eat sandwiches she likes rice and you know beans and lentejas and like whatever so when now with this transition to preschool I was like great there's these amazing lunch boxes and I could just give her that there I also didn't realize like I'm signing myself to cook every day like I'm signing myself up for that so Today I sent her a burger. Like I, I like I had like a frozen burger patty and I just threw it in the air fryer with some fries and I put it in her lunchbox and we'll see, you know, like this is me making an attempt for something easier. The burger felt like an easier thing. So anyway, I wish that I had started off like really bad so that then one day when I give her like rice, she's like, wow, you killed it. But no, I started off really good. And now she's like, what is this crap? Why are you giving me a wrap or something? I don't know. There's something emotional about preparing your kids' lunches though. I like it, you know, when I peel my tangerine. <laughs> no, but I actually enjoy it. And you know what? This year, his school is doing community snack. Oh, so nice. that's great. She was like, oh, so you may not even need to pack a snack. A lunch, you know, yeah. you know, he has a big appetite. So yeah. I usually pack like three or four things and his little juice and water and yogurt. And it's kind of like, like a light lunch and he it comes back empty. So he's yeah. having it all. So in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Like I still send you should his still lunch send. box. Yeah. yeah, you should still send your so stuff. I still do that. So before we introduce our expert today, why don't we ask her to share her motherish moment of the week? I can't believe your son's 15, Maida. So Maida and I worked at Univision a few years ago. She's an amazing producer and we worked on Akiaura together. And I remember your son being so little. He was like a little boy. Yes, I can't believe it either that he's 15 now and that you're a mom. This is pretty amazing to be here talking in this podcast. So thank you for the invite. And my mother's moment it has to do with lunch. <laughs> and just so that you know, they never stop being hungry, especially boys. <laughs> it's like they're always hungry. So 
my son now is into his body and he wants to eat healthy so he's like mom make me lunch and i get hungry so make me like a big lunch so i get up early i'm cooking pasta tortellini putting it in this like container wrapped specially so that it keeps uh, warm i also make ham and cheese sandwich warm toasted with grapes because he's into this healthy thing and i give it to him and i'm like it's you know here and that's it. I leave. I go to the office. I come back at 7.30 and the lunch was here. So <laughs> no. I never took it. No. So I called him and I, because he was with his dad. I'm divorced. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I, I woke up. I spent, you know, 20 minutes. And he's like, mom, I learned my lesson. I was hungry the whole day. So you don't have to give me a, a, a spiel. And, and, you know, when he said that, I'm like, he's right. You know, as a mom, you want to you know, make them understand all the time and make lessons. And it was just like, you know, it's just a motherish moment. You know, he's 15. He forgets everything. I don't know. Oh my God. Am I going to be making this kind of lunches for 15 years? <laughs> <laughs> so let me introduce Mayra Rocha as a National Emmy Award winning journalist and financial expert for Univision Network's main shows and also for VIX, our new 24-7 platform. She also has at El Dinero Sin Importa, which is her Instagram, and it's a platform focused on informing Latinos about personal and business finances so they can make better decisions with their money. So welcome, Mayra, to Motherish. Let's, you know, dive really quickly into what did you learn when you became a first-time mom 15 years ago and what you know now with all your, you know, the preparation and kind of just being out there on the field? You know, what would you do differently now if you were to become a mom nowadays? And what are the things that we should be thinking about once you become a mom? Looking back, this is, you know, it's the most important job that we have. It's something that you're not going to get paid for. You get paid for in moments and in happiness and other dolores de cabeza, other headaches. You know, I think that's the first thing to understand. It's like you're in this for the long run and none of your investments are wrong. All of your investments for your child, they're good. It's wonderful. It'll make them a better person. When it comes to finances, I wish I had known just the main basic tools of money. No, no one taught me. I learned through the years, through reading. And later on, I did an MBA and I actually learned more of like the financial tools. That's the one main thing I wish I had known. Had I known, I could have opened up an IRA when my son was born and that could have potentially made him a millionaire when he's 65. Would have been a great thing to know. You started good at 15 and we'll talk about this if you want a little bit more, but just little tools that would have made his life easier for later. So I mean, I guess summarizing investment in our kids is always wonderful. It's just financially, you have to get educated or informed or you won't know. For example, when you become pregnant, I don't think I ever spoke to anyone saying, okay, I'm pregnant now. I'm about to have a baby in a few months. Let me start financially planning. I think when either, God forbid, you lose your job or you're going to buy a new house, or you're going to, you know, get into an investment and you sit down and you have a financial planning meeting about it, right? Or you kind of like do the little numbers, even the most basic person who doesn't have a lot of financial knowledge sits down and kind of does the numbers. Why do you think we don't do that when we're pregnant, right? Like, I don't think I know anyone who actually sat down and was like, okay, now that I'm gonna have a baby, I'm going to start putting this amount of money aside. Or, you know, like, what do you think is a practical tool or advice that you could give, Maida, for anyone maybe who's expecting or who has little children? Like, should we be thinking about saving for our children, you know? Because I feel like we never really 
talk about it. We just kind of like, okay, we're going to have a baby. Eventually, we'll figure out how to pay for the diapers and the school and the nannies and the thing. And the thing is, we don't even know that all that stuff is coming. I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. it's more of like realize right. as so you go. Right, so maybe it's like, should we first identify the expenses that involve a baby? You know, when you get married, you should go see a financial advisor. That's like the first time to see one, really. Or even if you're single, actually, you should be able to see one. But at least when you're married, because you really got to plan for these things. And we don't always plan to have a baby. But when you do, the expenses are going to add up and you need to account for these. And the more you plan for them, the less stressed you will be. There is nothing in life that will make you more stressed than not being financially stable and not being healthy. And the one we can control is to be financially stable. The first thing that any financial planner will tell you is that you need to have an emergency fund. And I always talk about this because for me, before you start to plan for a wonderful life for your child, you need to be okay. And that okay means three to six months of an emergency fund. Three three to six months of your current like, like if salary. You were to, to survive through your six months, you should have it saved, right? And when you add it up, it's a lot of money, right? Because it's three or six months of your salary. But I always say at least add up your main expenses. So what's your main expenses? Your home, your phone, your car, your gas, and your food. You know, even credit cards should be part of like this amount that you save. But at the end of the day, if you can't pay a credit card, you're not going to die. You know, they'll take you to court. But, you know, you're, you need to eat. You need to have a home for your kid. So that's the, the first thing that any financial advisor would tell you. But the main thing is that having a baby, you have to account that it's going to be expensive. I mean, you should plan at least to know there's a hospital fee. You should call ahead and find out if you have insurance, more or less how much it's going to be because there will be some expenses like a related. Like co-payment, yeah, there's always insurance. something involved that is unexpected. There's the cord blood banking, which is very important because it's a way to make sure you know it's used in case your child gets sick in the future. It could help them be, be better. When you get pregnant... Even if you don't see a financial advisor, you should know that there will be expenses coming up. Like the main expenses are going to be the hospital. There's always some sort of co-payments that you have to pay. There's a cord blood banking, which now costs about, I think it's like $2,500 or more. And this is very important because, again, you want your child to be safe. And this is very important because should your child get sick in the future, this could really help him or her. You did that. I didn't do that. I did that. Yes. You're already talking $2,500 to $4,000 just for that. And then you have to decide, is someone going to take care of him Are you him or her? Are you going to have a nanny? That's already $2,000, $1,500, depending on where you put him. There are costs associated with having a child that I want to call them basic. And it's not for you to get scared or not get pregnant. It's just for you to account and budget because we can always... You know, whatever we do, we can always budget and plan. It shouldn't be something to deter anyone, but it should be something to plan. But it is true what you say, Karen. Like, it is hard because we don't know what expenses to expect, right? Because at least when you go into like buying a home or renting a car or leasing a car, you get ahead of time, you could quote. You could be like, okay, let me get an estimate. Let me see if I could afford this or not. But with the baby, it's so hard to really determine, like, I don't know how many diapers I'm going to use. I had no idea how much a box of diapers was. It's funny when they do those contests in the baby shower, those games where you have to guess the price of the items. Before I had a baby, I had no idea how much diaper was, how much wipes were, how much, you know. So I just think it's it's really hard to do the homework yeah. ahead of time. And formula is a whole other yeah. giant dollar sign. 
then I think there's like the added layer. And I don't know if this is what you're going to discuss, but like outside of the basic things, for example, the now like sensory stimulation, I need my, my child to do like music classes and these classes and whatever. The other day I was doing a, like I was budgeting and it's like her soccer, her swimming classes, her tutor, all of that stuff. I'm like, that's a car. It's a monthly car payment or more, two cars. What's the best way, Maida, to pick and choose what's worth the expense? Or, or determine what can you actually afford, right? Maybe that's the right question. Like, how do you sit down and do the numbers and say, okay, like, how do you balance what percentage should be assigned to this? The main financial budget, it's called 50-30-20, right? It's 50% for your main expenses, 30% for expenses that are not necessary, but necessary, like sports activities. You know, they wouldn't count as necessary, but you like them and they're good for your kid, right? So 50, 30, and then 20 should be for savings for long-term or short-term. So that's usually the numbers that we use for anyone. Even if you don't have a kid, it's 50, 30, 20. So there is an amount, there's that 30%. That's for your, if you're single, that's for your entertainment. If you're a mom, that's for your pleasure and for your kids. And then that 20% should be your savings for your retirement plus the college plus your emergency fund. So if you want to put a number, this is how it should be. Within that 30%, let's say before, when you were, before your child, you were going out to restaurants and you were traveling. Well, maybe that becomes the, I want to take him to Gymboree or I want him to do music, baby music or mommy and me. That's fine. But now you know that that 30% it's for that and you're not going to feel guilty and that's always going to be positive. Anything, when you asked me, you know, how do you know what's good or what's not? I mean, anything that's positive for your kid's going to be a good investment in his well-being. If you have this number in mind, I think that guilt goes away and it becomes an investment into the entertainment part. Right. If you have your parameters set up clearly, then you know where you could wiggle. You have wiggle room to spend yes. here or there. And it's funny. I used to eat out a lot before I had the baby, like dinner for me. Like, oh, I'll go to dinner. And then once I started cutting, going out to eat, I was saving so much money and I was able to kind of redirect those funds into forts, you know, yoga and swimming and all the other stuff. But cutting out the eating out was a big one for me. And also like a change of lifestyle, right? Like I was doing this when I had a baby. Now that I have a baby, I don't have time to eat out every night. I just didn't feel comfortable spending that money on something that I knew was, you know, probably going to be better <laughs> invested in with my son. So something that I only recently started doing once I kind of got to a level of, let's say, more comfortable with my finances, as Victoria continues to grow and more things come in, the budget gets smaller and smaller. And so my percentage for fun is smaller because we were talking about it like if you want to travel with your child like after two years old you have that's another plane ticket don't even get me started on disney with a child that's over the age of two like it's so expensive so i actually i would love to hear your feedback on this like i found one or two credit cards that i use for my main expenses only i pay them off every month because i'm going to pay that money anyway instead of using a debit card i use a credit card and then i use those points for the fun you know vacation stuff no that's a great way if you're able to use the credit cards and pay them off every month that's great what i wouldn't want is the credit card to serve as a way for you to pay that fund because then that doesn't work but no the way you're doing it is perfect and i always say this with money fun can include you know you can go on vacation you know that 30 percent can still be vacation with your kid 
as long as it's always you as a mom has to be happy and you can continue whatever you were doing before you know if, if you like to go out and have you know dinner with your friends you know it's okay but as long as you stay again within this parameter it's absolutely fine and i think you're doing great i think that's a great idea Let's talk about school, because I think when people think about school, they automatically think about doing the Florida prepay, or I did a 529 for Ford. What's and the difference? I think 529, you could use it anywhere, and it's more like an investment account. Yeah, it's an investment account for college. Within the 529, there are various areas. There's like 529 for Florida, only 529 if you think your kid is going to go to national school. So you have to really talk to someone and understand what you're paying. But essentially, it's like a retirement fund, but it's a college fund. But anyway, but then there's also, if you're considering like private school or school even at this young age, right? So what's the best way to, I guess, plan for right elementary and middle school and high school while at the same time be able to save for college? You know, like so many years of school, like that's the one thing that really stresses me out. I talk about the tricks of money, right? Like the tools of money. One of the biggest tool is called compound interest. Compound interest, what it will do is you put a dollar now, in 20 years, that dollar will become three. And it's just the nature of how finances work. So when your child is born, and I understand we all work hard for money and there's always not enough money. You're helping yourself now for when he goes to college at 18. So if you put money into that, even if it's a small amount, that will grow. So if you put 5% of your paycheck in there just without even seeing it, by the time your child is 18, that will have grown probably depending on how much you put. So that is a great tool to work on, to really try and do, because it's not the same if you wait till, you know, when I'm better, when I'm better. By then, the child is 12 and 13, and that money is not going to grow. Even if you put bigger right. amounts. So the sooner you start, the more return on your investment you're going to see in the long run. Yes, and one trick that people do use, and I'm going to use the word trick, is because... You can put money into your 529 and then use it for private school. This is a great way for people to save. And also everything you put in there, you know, you're paying less taxes. So it's almost like a win-win, right? You're paying less taxes, you're saving, it's growing. And I'll tell you a little story just so that people get a perspective. There was a time when I was really tight with money and I started to, I was contributing to a 401k, which is not a 529, but it's a similar idea, right? You save for later, you save for your retirement. And I said, you know, I'm gonna stop contributing because I'm tight. And at the end of the day, I saved nothing because I was paying more taxes than if I had kept my contribution. So with this idea, with this mindset is what we have to do when we save for this 529. Think, hey, I'm saving and I'm saving for my peace of mind, and I'm saving for his future. That's one of like the main suggestions I would have for a new mom, even if it's a little, as soon as you're able to, maybe when you get that tax return, part of it, just put it in there. You're gonna be thankful later. I think that's the right way to do it. Just kind of like think about it, like if you don't even have those funds and they kind of automatically go into this, whatever savings you have established so that you could see it later on. And also the day-to-day, I just feel like there's so many things that we could do, like someone does need to cut some expenses, you know, like these subscriptions. The other day I was, I saw an article about like how sometimes you don't even know how much you're paying in like all these platforms and anything on your phone that you're subscribed to, like at the end it all adds up, right? It does. And I think even seeing a personal finance expert or any of that sort, it's just, you got a budget. I mean, we're adults, you have a kid, you have to budget. Like 
it doesn't need to be complicated grab a notebook and just know this is how much comes in this is how much it comes out and this is what i'm gonna do it doesn't need to be complicated if you're able to that's great to see a financial advisor but i think that's part of growing up and part of being a responsible parent. I don't want to grow up. <laughs> no, and also the unexpected expenses, right? God forbid, like we always say, like you said, health and financial are two things that stress us the most. And health, sometimes you can't really control. And God forbid something happens, you also want to be kind of ready for that. And I think with kids, it's a little tricky because sometimes you want to give them everything. But you also have to be mindful that... Yes, you want to give them entertainment, you want to give them the best class, but then you also have to think of yourself. Like what I said, you have to be at peace with your finances, with yourself. I remember there was a camp that here the main uh, basketball team did, and it was something like $400 a month, $450 a week. And I thought I really wanted my son to go, but $450 a week times four, it's a lot of money. My son really wanted to go and I compromised and he went one week and that was fine. Would I have wanted him to go the whole month or what? Yes, but you know, you have to, as a mom, you have to learn to manage these. That's great advice. So the mom has to be okay because I feel like sometimes we get caught up with keeping up with the Jones, right? And you want to keep up with like what all the kids have or what your friends are doing. And you really have to be honest with yourself and be realistic about what you can and cannot afford. And then you can make good decisions, right? Because you don't want to also be so tight, you no. know, with the rope around your neck just so your kid could have something that realistically you cannot afford. So I think that's very important you advice. You know, it's so funny. So Victoria is now at the age, you know, if we go to a store, she'll be like, mami, quiero que me compres esto. Quiero, you know, buy me this, buy me that. And I'm always like, no, esto es muy caro. Esto sí, una cosa chiquita, like something little, whatever. And today I was taking her to school. She didn't want to go to school. And so on the car, she goes, mami, en la escuela hay cosas muy caras. No puedo ir. Like she's saying, like, there are things at school that are too expensive, so I don't want to go. We shouldn't go there. And I was like, no, like, you're not going to turn this around on me. Like, <laughs> she's so funny. Such a clown. But like, we've talked about this in previous episodes, how you start explaining the concept of money and that things cost money. And like, we work so that we get money and then whatever to a child, to a three-year-old, it's complicated. It's funny. Know? I'm actually trying to do the opposite with four. Where I'm trying to convince him that mom could buy you something so that I, you know, like if he's like acting up or like the other day on the beach, he wanted to take someone's truck, like beach truck for the sand. I go, mi amor, si vienes con mamá, like my mom will buy it for you. And she's like, he doesn't even understand yeah, yet. Yeah. He's like, what? What are you talking about? I want this one right like, now. But this like, is the one that I want. I so. know. So he still isn't it. But now we're trying to do a lot of things where like he pretend pays me. Yeah. Like, oh, let me go through the, you know, this hallway or let me borrow your car. And then I'm like, okay, give me a dollar, pretend dollar. So he would like do a fake one. It's funny to see him process the idea of money. and. But I like it that you guys are talking about money. Like this is my whole thing, you know, el dinero se importa. It's about, let's talk about money. It doesn't have to be, we're not always right. I may not always be right, but at least let's talk about money. This is expensive. It's the caro. So it's good. It's a conversation. And I don't think you have to tell your kids everything about money i don't think they get really stressed if they think you're not doing well with money but i do think the conversation needs to be open i guess at a minimal level when they're kids as they get older they'll understand more so it's also balancing that conversation but yes i like it that there's that money conversation in in the family <laughs> it is yeah. hard to find the balance so especially as they get older because i remember when i was a child i never knew exactly for example how much my mom made Right. I knew she made enough to provide for us. We had the basic. I knew she didn't make enough 
where I couldn't maybe do certain things or go on the on a cruise with my friends or you know like stuff like that I knew that whatever she was able to give us she would you know but I never really stressed about money in terms of like if she was stressed she never shared it with us I don't know if that makes sense that's good that probably she was managing her money well because you can tell when a parent is stressed with money you can tell it's just usually we get sick I mean, she did also tell me, I do. Um, I can't afford the school bus this year, so just ask your friends to bring you home. I'm like, okay. I was like 14. I'm like, but for every day after school, I will be like, can someone take me home, please? Oh you know, we all have different experiences with money. And at the end of the day, they make us stronger. You know, and I think this conversation, it's about money is money. It's hard for some people. It's easy for others. But it's just about, you know, if we know more about it, it should get easier, right? Talking about how to prepare, which I think is the most important thing, is the life insurance for kids. There's two life insurance. One that's very cheap. Like, I want to say everyone could afford it. You put money in and let's say you protect your child until he's 22, 21. And should you still be alive, you lose that money. That's the catch. So it's cheap. Let's say you put $20, $25, and it protects your child with $350,000, $400,000 should you die within this amount of time. But then you lose it. And then there's the other life insurance, which is more expensive, and it's like a savings. And then that one goes on till forever. I think it's until you're 99. But obviously that's more expensive, and it protects your child in the same way. I think out of all this conversation, if there's something that... If someone tells me I can't save for college, I really can't do anything, the one thing I would say is protect your kids. Should you not be here, it's not fair for him to not have a parent and then be, you know, not be well, financially stable. That's a big one, you're right. Wow. So my one thing that I hope anyone listening to this podcast can learn is if you don't have it, please, you know, there's so many companies out there, like go get the cheapest one, but make sure that your son or daughter will be safe with a couple hundred never, thousand dollars. I never thought about it from that perspective. I always thought about life insurance for the perspective of if something happens to me, then my husband will you'll have this or vice versa. But I never thought about it for my child. I think about it for like my parents are like, no, but like if something happens to us, whatever. But I, I never connected the dots of like my child also. Like, like who's going to provide for my child if I'm yeah. gone, right? When people ask me, what is like the one consejo you have? I always say, if you don't have it, do this. And then we can talk and we can organize you and so on. But this is the way to love love your child and protect him. And it's easy. I, like I said, there's two, but one is very cheap. I think the percentage is like 98% of people live the insurance, which is fine. But if you're part of that 2%, then she or he will be protected. There you go. But like Maida said at the beginning, whatever we do for our children, they're the best investment we're going to make. And they pay us in smiles and giggles moments. and moments. I love that. Thank you so much. This was really, I actually have so many more questions. <laughs> but this was super informative and it was amazing. So thank you very much. I'm all about talking about like money. I've always, not always, but in the last, let's say, 10 years of my career, I've learned a lot about like the importance of salary transparency, especially with younger women that I see in the workforce where I'm like, this is how much I make, meaning this is how much you could make. And you should know about these things because keeping these things a secret does no one good. But I think culturally we're grown up saying that, right? Don't talk about money. Of you don't course. ask about, you of know, course. you don't ask about certain things. You don't. And again, I feel like a lot of children when I was growing up, they didn't know how much their parents made. You know, some yeah. people knew like, oh yeah, my parents have money, but they don't know exactly how much money, what that means or what I could expect. 
you know. I always would overhear my parents and like I was an only child for 12 years. So I was always at the table and like part of all the conversations, which I found very helpful. My first experience of actually earning money was that they they were in like really tight position and they had purchased like this big lot of like makeup or something like that. It was like random. They were like, oh, we could probably make some extra money with this or whatever. And we went to the flea market, the swap shop. If you go at like five or six in the morning, you can set up your truck or your car, or whatever, and put a table in front and you can sell stuff. They gave me some of that. And they also told me like, pick some stuff from your room or anything that you don't want anymore and you can sell it. And so I like worked for like many times. They were like, okay, you made $50. And I was like, I'm rich. Um, but they were like, save it. And that's the, like the end of it, you know, like save yeah. it. So It's interesting what you said about the relationship that you have with money as a child definitely shapes you as an adult. And I think when you say those anecdotes, I remember once when mom was going through a divorce from my sister's dad, I remember one day I came home and she had put a sticky and a price on every single item in the apartment. And I came in and he was like, we're going to sell everything. We're going to start from scratch. We're going to save for six months. We're going to move into one bedroom apartment. She sold everything. Imagine you walk into your house and like the lamp has a price. The table has a price. She had like one of those open house sales. She sold everything. We cramped into, you know, one bedroom for like six months. She gave up her car. She took the bus for six months. And I remember thinking, okay, I learned if you sacrifice for a little bit, then it's going to be worth it at the end. You know, so we sacrificed for six months and then in six months, you know, she got her car, she got everything kind of like went back into normal, maybe a year later, actually. But yeah, I remember having that memory in my mind and I and I remember it shaping me like, okay, you, you're going to make some sacrifices. It's going to be tough for a little it. bit, but then it's going to get better. Yeah. Yes. And you probably had you had a very easy life, Pamela, with none of these moments, you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing because I really think it shapes you. Even if there's someone listening that has a lot of, lot of money, I do think that kids need to know how hard it is to get money. Not hard, but how important it is, right? My son, he's 15 and he helps my parents during the summer in a warehouse. It's hot, they have no AC and he gets paid. And he takes care of that money because he knows that it costs him a lot of money, right? And I make him put already for retirement part of that money into an IRA. And he other told me the other day, thank you for taking care of the older me, mom. And I obviously I do this for a living. <laughs> But I'm still that in him since he was little. He when he when the the beginning of the Ben make he was selling the masks. Same thing, you know, he was selling them and made like $150 and I was like, $15 for your retirement. So it's for him, it's normal now. So I think this is, like I said, anything, any lessons with money, it will make anyone stronger. So I'm thankful for my experience. I'm sure you both are thankful for the swap shop. That's very hard. So you're probably, that built you when you were little. So, you know, as parents, it's our job to instill this in, into our kids and just make them see the value of money so that they're smart with it. It's powerful. Thank, thank you, you so Maya, much. so much. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much, Karen we'll and Pamela. Again. Thank you. Bye.